0: hello 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 do I have an episode for you today you know I really really try to create short episodes I know they're more popular you know everyone in the podcasting world is like make sure that your podcast you know your episodes aren't longer than 30 minutes 45 max and I'm like okay and then I show up and it just doesn't really happened for me. (laughs) I have so much to share. I have so much to say and you know I guess I've never been one to follow the rules and of course today's episode and show is no different but the thing is I feel like you're gonna love this. You're gonna geek out on this. You're gonna nerd out on this. This is gonna be so helpful for you. It was helpful for me and if you've been hanging out around the podcast for a while, you know that I am no stranger to astrology. You know, I've been studying it since I was a kid, but I don't consider myself a professional. And I even make a goof up in this uh, in this episode when I'm talking about the, like, downloading your charts and looking up your charts and whatever, um, which, by the way, you're going to want to do, okay? Go to astro.com. Download your chart. Make sure that you click on the transits, which should be, I think, on the right, top right, and so that you understand what your transits are. And it'll kind of give you like a double chart outside of your original one. Don't worry; you don't need to fully understand what's going on. You'll be able to find where both Saturn and Pluto are in that chart. So make sure to do that before kind of diving in. And and I go over that a little bit um, on in the episode as well. But my point just being is that this was a cool episode for me. I got to geek out on some things. I got to learn some new things. You know, every time I work with an astrologer or get to conversate with a new astrologer, I learn new things. And that's the beauty of astrology. You know, a lot of astrologers, I mean, there are folks who've been in the field for 50 years and are still learning because they're so... Much so many different ways in which you can come at it, look at it, translate it. It's phenomenal. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the two major transits of this year that you know, both the Saturn and the Pluto transits, and how they're going to affect you personally. And that's why you want to, you know, get your chart and the transits so that you know what house in your chart these planets are moving into. And I would highly recommend utilizing Google if you have any questions about what it is that I'm talking about right here. Google has a plethora of information, like you just can't go wrong. So, um, but if you understand what planets are moving into which house, you could understand what the themes are going to be for you in the next several years. So for Saturn, I believe it's three, three and a half, somewhere around there, and Pluto you know um it's going to be popping in this year for 3 months and then it'll be back next year for like 20 or something so these are huge and this week actually the day that this is coming out on Thursday Pluto is moving into Aquarius this week has a lot of astrology so please 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 be kind to yourself but I'm so excited for this episode. Stevie is someone that I have been watching on Instagram for some time. I love her breakdowns. I love how practical and straightforward she is. And especially whenever I'm thinking about bringing an astrologer onto this podcast, because my podcast is not an astrology podcast. So a lot of you don't have, you know, a much learning for, wow, I just totally massacred that, right? <laughs> A lot of you don't have much experience when it comes to looking at your astrology chart, or really understanding it. So when I reached out to Stevie and I shared my idea with her, she loved it because I really wanted to be able to bring this information to you in an easy to understand and compact way that you can utilize not only for your own life, but, you know, your partners, children, whomever it is that's in your life that's playing a big role so that you can kind of understand maybe what it is that they are going through. Because the longer that I have been working with the astrology, the more I've come to realize that, you know, one of its big beautiful offerings to us. It's just a greater understanding of what's happening in our life. And when we have more understanding, it provides more space for compassion and patience and quite frankly, empowerment, right? If we know we're getting to walk into something that might be difficult, we can educate ourselves on it and then try to think about how it is we want to meet it. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Stevie Callista. Kalista. Oh gosh. (laughs) I hope I'm going to say that correctly. Um, She's a soul blueprint alchemist. That means she uses astrological wisdom to empower conscious women to align to their unique soul blueprint and live on purpose without meaningless self judgments, inauthenticity and conformity to the social rules. It's her passion to help others understand why they are here in this lifetime. Her goal is to break down astrology and give practical tools to help guide you on your spiritual journey. She has been studying and working with astrology for the past 10 years. She is currently living in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Not too far from me, actually, about an hour, well, I think two hours, but today's discussion is fantastic. And you can also join on YouTube and watch us discuss if you would prefer to do that. Um, Of course, it's available here on the podcast too, but YouTube is also available. So just a couple of announcements before we dive in here. Number one, the 2023 Akashic Forecast Toolkit is on sale right now. It's 15% off with code QUARTER2 and I'm getting ready to upload the second quarter Akashic Forecast Plus the workbook that's going to come with that, that offers up resources for the second quarter, more information, journaling prompts, whole nine yards, just phenomenal information. These toolkits have been instrumental to folks. And I got to tell you, like, you're getting over 12 channeled Akashic messages Not just about, you know, what's going on this year and how we can best take advantage of it, you know, the challenges, but also really breaking it down into like economy and environment and war and a couple of other things. So be sure to check that out via the link. I have a beautiful uh, review to share with you. So uh, she says, I would like to to say thank you for the amazing 2023 Akashic Toolkit. I'm so grateful for the Akasha sharing this information and channeling through you. These messages are so powerful. I love that they wanted to break it down into several important segments. I find the forecast for 2023 to be easier to understand than former forecast. Is it just me? I also love to be able to listen to any one of them when I feel the urge to do so. They are most informative and honest. I absolutely do not feel frightened by the information given, knowing that it comes from the most honest, true place there could ever be, and that it is given in love. And I just want to say much... Thanks and gratitude to H who shared that review with me. Be sure to check that out. Again, you can use code QUARTER2, all capital letters, to receive 15% off. And that is for the single payment only. FYI, it's $88. This is something you can use forever. It's hosted on Teachable and so easy to digest. The second thing is my Akashic Soul reading schedule is booked. So um, if you would like to you know, have an Akashic Soul Reading with me, make sure that you jump on the waiting list. I'm going to be opening that back up in just a couple of weeks. However, if you are a repeat client, you can just reach out to me directly and I will make sure that you have priority booking. And then the last thing, I still have one Soul Driven Mentorship spot available. These are one-on-one guided sessions where we dive into whatever is taking you off track okay so some of these specialties are you know reconnecting healing your heart um, strengthening your intuitive practice or starting it developing a relationship with your inner child personal development relationships life purpose coming into alignment with your body I mean like there's multiple things and if you have any questions or or want to know more about if this is aligned for you, or if I could be of service to you, please just reach out. This is a zero pressure environment, (laughs) because it needs to be aligned for both of us. So you will get honest feedback from me on whether or not I might be a good fit for you. And you know, we can just go from there. All right, without further ado, I would love to jump in. Please hit me up. Let me know how this episode resonates with you. And if you want to share what houses these transits are moving into as well, that would be extra cool. All right, we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Hasn't the energy been wild lately? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm really curious about how you've been feeling this past week since, you know, Saturn moved into Pisces.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because the beginning of the year started out so slow, with Mars and Mercury being retrograde. And then all of a sudden it was like, started to ramp up. Um, and I find that March is like, there's like a recalibration of energy. So I think everyone, even like the end of March, we're going to have to get used to it. It's just, it's like a newness in our bodies, you know? So, and I find that it, it's kind of been a Pisces season on crack.
0: <laughs> mm. like-
1: yes. Yes, I I, I normally in Pisces season for me is like, I really enjoy it and I do still enjoy it, but it's just been so intense because there were so many planets traveling through and then Saturn shifting into Pisces and it flavors it so differently, right?
0: (laughs) It has been really intense. Like last week for me when Saturn, you know, right after the full moon, right after Saturn going into Pisces, I woke up Wednesday morning with like started feeling these you know, energy coming in and it really ramped up through the day. Then Thursday was even stronger Thursday. I was like walking around with a beanie on my head because it just felt like massive energy coming through my crown chakra. And then by Friday I was fully laid out. Like I was like debilitated. I couldn't barely move. I was, um, it was so painful and uncomfortable, and I had, like, popped some pain meds, you know, like, the day before, think like, just hoping <laughs> that I could get a handle on on the intensity of it. But, of course, they made absolutely no difference whatsoever. Um, into Satur- Saturday, fortunately, when I woke up, it was – had decreased a lot, and then, of course, there was a massive, like, emotional – outpouring on Saturday it was just it was huge um but I was just curious if you had any sort of uh, experience like that like I've I'm very used to having like sort of energetic downloads at times where again a beanie really comes in hand because it just kind of helps me to to be but this was I've never experienced this before
1: wow that sounds really intense (laughs) It was. It yeah. was very intense. <laughs> yeah, I I found that last week too. There's the Mars Neptune square, and it was the third one in the Mars cycle in uh, Gemini. Because um, normally he spends six weeks in a sign, you know, and he was he's been in Gemini for seven months, so he squared Neptune in Pisces, and then Saturn came in. I felt like this heaviness came down, and if you were if you were trying to do anything, it's like you're you're gonna hit a brick wall like the ener- the physical energy and drive just like really wasn't there. And that can, I find for me, I get a little bit apathetic. Mm. Like what's the point? Just, you know, I, it makes me detach so much from my physical body that I have a hard time be- being in it. So yeah. I think I've definitely felt this like weight, like boom, kind of like come down. Um, and I think that going to change completely when we hit the equinox but it's definitely like a very intense couple of weeks to say the least yeah. it feels like an anchoring you know of energy and we're, we're getting anytime like an outer planet changes signs we have to like get used to it it takes a minute like i wish everyone could just take a few days off <laughs> just go night night you no know? wouldn't like, that
0: be wonderful yes <laughs> Yeah, this was, this was completely wild for me. I just, um, like I said, I'm, I'm somewhat used to energy and I'm very, very sensitive, but this was, it was just completely, you know, I, everyone's like, oh, was it an upgrade or download? And I'm like, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was, you know, like I had to cancel everything on Friday, um, Friday. Finally, by the afternoon, I was able to kind of get myself together, get out of bed. I went for a walk outside, went and fed some geese and, you know, tried to be in nature. And that was really helpful to me. Um, But I, I took two naps that day. I don't normally do those sorts of things. And, you know, at the beginning of the month, um, the Akashic Records, the forecast was really of course, talking about the intensity of this month and, and just the importance of being able to slow down, you know, yeah. and just really taking things slowly. And I felt like the first two weeks of March, well, I should say the first week, um, I didn't feel that so much. But then last week was just like,
1: whoosh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Really well, came I think in it, quick. Mercury went into Pisces and then the Sun and Mercury meeting with Pisces this week. So it's just like this super Neptunian floaty, like intensity that can make it hard to be in the body. So I think like what you said, like going out in nature, get your bare feet on the earth, eat something nourishing, like do something to like get back into your body. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, and rest for sure. Yeah. I feel yeah, like it's yeah. the most productive thing we can do right now this week in, and next week until the equinox is like, just take stuff off your plate. know, as much
0: as possible. Simplify, simplify. Yes. Yes. I feel that so much. Um, so for folks tuning in, if this kind of feels like over your head, Pisces and Neptune and what, (laughs) not to worry, we are going to really bring this down into some really practical application for you. Um, kind of the first thing that I want to start out with those who are tuning in is, Take a moment, pause, go pull up your astrology chart because, um, Stevie and I are going to really be guiding you to your chart and showing you where both the Saturn and the Pluto ingresses are going to be affecting you personally. So, um, and diving into those. And I, I lack, Astro.com is good for me. Stevie, do you have like a go-to? That's what I use too. Yep.
1: It's more more simple and clear.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And folks, if you don't know like what your time of birth is, you can just put in 12 noon and that, that will be enough. um, At least for you to know which houses these are going to be affecting. Um, Do you agree with that Stevie or, or do you want to add anything to it?
1: Um, well, essentially, like the birth time will give you the actual houses, Um, and mm. so you know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. if you don't have your birth time, I don't know that it, re- like the Pisces Saturn um, conversation we'll have, will really resonate. But I don't know if the where in your life will make sense.
0: That's true. Okay, ignore ignore what I said. Listen to Stevie; she's the professional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Um. So let's dive in with Saturn first, who just left Aquarius moving into Pisces, kind of like we've been talking about. This was on the 7th of March this month. Um, what I'd really love first is to just kind of talk about that shift. Stevie, you did a beautiful overview of this and just kind of talk about how this affects like the collective overall, you know, how long Saturn will be in Pisces, um, Just anything else that you can kind of think of off the, you know, that would be important for, for our listeners.
1: Yeah. So Saturn flavors, the collective energy, um, like the, so he's a social planet, just like Jupiter. So he definitely will show us like what is showing up for the collective and it's personal for everybody too. Like we'll be talking about that. Um, but being in Aquarius for the last two and a half years, he essentially, activated our, our inner like um, activist, <laughs> essentially. Um, so he he asked us all questions around like, do you have the right friends around you? Are you connected to the right communities? Do you make, need to make some boundaries and changes there? What do you want for your future? And he re- he restricts us first, that's what he does. He has to restrict us and show us like what's not working in order for us to then take responsibility to make new structure. So in Aquarius, it was collectively, humanity, friendships, communities. (laughs) He restricted us, literally. Um, And I know a lot of the people in my life were kind of pulling away from different communities and plugging into different other communities and finding their tribe. And also just trying to figure out where you need to take responsibility for the collective, for unity consciousness. So he's done with that. And moving into Pisces, it's very interesting because Saturn is so... He's the structure. He's the Lord of karma and time. He's very earthy. Um, I like to sometimes think of him as like the high school principal because he's like, get to work. Where do you need to take responsibility? Um, (laughs) Where, what structures aren't working? What needs to be like burnt down and built back up, you know? But in Pisces, Pisces is just the oneness and every, everything in between Pisces energy is, I always like to think of it as like the deep ocean of every experience that ever existed and probably the most unstructured archetype. So that's a really interesting combo, having a very structured planet come into a very unstructured archetype. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about it <laughs> because I think it's going to really help us structureize our dreams um, and our visions and our creativity. And at first, like I said, Saturn will restrict. So he most likely will show you like what isn't working when when it comes to like maybe your spiritual practices, or um, I think Saturn and Pisces is going to give us a strong taste of living from our soul lens. Mm. You know, like what's our higher truth? What's our mission here? How can we hold more compassion? Um, he will definitely bring things to the surface around where you've been escaping. Because Pisces, sometimes it's so hard to be in the Pisces energy that we don't want to be in our bodies. It's more, it's more comfortable to detach or escape through, you know, many different forms. So he might bring that to the surface too. Like, hi, <laughs> you can't escape anymore. You got to really like get, get more in touch with your subconscious mind and your, your beliefs and your soul self. So I'm super excited about it, but it's going to be, it's, it's a interesting combination. Let's just say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love that. You mentioned being excited about it because I think from a lot of what I've been seeing sort of online, you and I were talking before we started recording about Twitter and I was sharing with you how cool it's been to follow astrologers on Twitter and just hearing the perspectives and the things that they're sharing. And I haven't heard many, if at all, talk about being excited about it. But to me, you know, it has really felt like I think even leading up to it, I was really starting to sense into these areas in my life where I have been escaping, numbing out. I felt like those things were really coming to the surface. I usually kind of start tapping into energy before it fully arrives, anyway. But um, I think coming out of the pandemic, that's a really big one for us, you know, as a as a collective, because I think so many of us were like stuck at home, kind of bored. You know, like, I feel like phone addiction has really become rampant simply because that was our sole connection to the outside world for a while, you yes. know, and and then stepping back from that has been really hard. Um, in addition, with all of the things going on, like, wait a minute, I'm back in normal life, but normal life isn't normal life. It's completely different now. How do I navigate this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love what you said about saturn helping us to like living more from our soul lens um could you talk could you speak into that just a little bit more
1: yeah i think that pisces energy holds a lot of our subconscious beliefs you know and when saturn comes he's gonna bring them to light so things that we didn't even realize we were doing um or realize like this belief program's running my life you know like maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's like a past life thing. Like there's these things that are deeply seated and they take up a lot of energy in our brains. Um, I know for myself, I've been feeling just this voice since Saturn moved into Pisces, like, is that reality? Hey, like, hang on a minute, like Hmm. step back, take a breath is like questioning your thoughts, you know? Hmm. Um, and like, what is actually real here? And so then I'll be like, okay, My sheets are real and my pillow is real and the smell (laughs) is real. And I'll try to get back into, into what is actually my reality and like question the thought itself. So I think that's going to become a thing. And I think that leaves so much more space for your intuition to take over and your, what you're here to do is at a mission level, because you'll be clearing away the stuff that takes up so much energy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of creatives out there and a lot of intuitive people have a lot of ideas and Saturn will help you structureize them, you know, and like, okay, well, what are the steps to take to take this creative vision or, you know, this book that you've been wanting to write or, you know, this piece you wanted to paint, like what what is it going to take to like get from step to step. And so I, even at a soul level, I find that when I'm in my creative practices, I feel like I'm living from that place, you know, like a really creative place. So I think saturn there that's why i'm excited because to bring grounded earthy energy into the creative is that's really cool (laughs) there's always a shadow i'm not like bypassing that but um i think it's i i love saturn's energy because he always kind of smacks us into be like whoa, whoa whoa you know where do you need to like really (laughs) get clear (laughs) where's responsibility needed to be taken come on I love
0: this. I love this perspective. This is wonderful. This is exciting. Like you're getting me excited just thinking about it. Um, It's going into my eighth house. So I've just been like, oh gosh, oh no. (laughs) So you're helping me. You're helping my nervous system calm (laughs) down. So one of the things I was curious about, wanted to ask you that I've really been feeling like is going to be coming forward through like this Saturn into Pisces is is also like an unveiling, you know, and and one of the, the places I'm really seeing this, I think, is within the spiritual community. I think that the truth of a lot of what's been going on in the spiritual community is actually going to be coming forward. You know, I feel like the past couple of years, it's unfortunately brought in a lot of people who charlatans who have been preaching a message that hasn't been solely grounded, that hasn't been really from the heart that hasn't really been in the best interest of people, more so like fear-based because, of course, that's been very popular. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I really feel like Saturn in Pisces is really going to help unveil a lot of these things and not just within the spiritual community. Like we're kind of already seeing that like with banks right now and some other systems. I'd love I'd love to get your
1: input on that. Yeah, I have full body goosebumps when you're talking. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I I definitely think that it's going to, un- I think it's going to awaken people to the the realization that they're their creator, you know, and like they're a piece of the divine because Pisces is literally like we are all one. Um, and I think it's going to give a structure to that. And that means that stuff has to come out of the closet, right? Like sh- the shadow has to surface. And that's sometimes the shadow I think of, of Saturn and Pisces is like, you don't want to You don't want to look at those things you've shoved away because Pisces can be very hidden. So that's sometimes you will, a lot of us will feel restricted if we, if, and we'll need tools to help like awaken to that part of you. And it might restrict spiritual communities where, you know, sometimes the shadow of Saturn and Pisces will um, bring things up around spirituality. So I think it'll be good and good and bad which I don't even like saying good and bad, but you know, it will be enlightening on both sides of the coin for sure.
0: Pros and cons.
1: Pros and cons.
0: Well, and, and kind of like you talked about with Saturn, I mean, Saturn really does like to kind of get its ducks in a row, you know, and it often does that through painful, uncomfortable things, but then it helps us to get in line. yes, And, um, it's great talking with an astrologer who loves Saturn because Saturn's like – I dislike this rhetoric um, in the astrological community. I know that it is a malefic, but I think that that perspective is 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 not helpful to yeah. really understanding the power behind Saturn. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> – you know, honestly, I don't like going through painful and uncomfortable situations either. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid. Girls just want to have fun again. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, when I look back at my life, I absolutely, my greatest lessons have always come through some sort of a jolt an awakening, a kind of a shake up. And so I'm very grateful to those experiences. So I think that that's more like the, you know, hand quotation, negative side of it, if there if there really is one.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of astrologers astrologers will speak from that lens. It's just never resonated with me because I think if you look at your the big picture of like you chose to come here to learn XYZ, right? And like to take responsibility for yourself, which is Saturn's whole shtick, is like, hey, take responsibility. And then he actually really rewards us. There's like all this flow after after it. And I think it's interesting that humans choose to suffer, myself included. (laughs) in order to create change what a weird planet we live on but i think it's like i i think you can look at it too in in that way which is it's just taking responsibility for what you already signed up for you know yeah well earth is
0: the learning planet yeah Yeah, we 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 didn't you can go to other planets to just hang out and chill (laughs)
1: yeah we have probably right like yeah totally
0: (laughs) Yeah, when I was a kid, um, you know, I grew up in in Christianity and reading the Bible, and that that whole story about the Israelites going around the mountain or being in the desert, whatever, for forty years, I was just like, "What the heck were they doing? That like, what's wrong with these people?" And of course, in my adult years, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> now I get it. Yes. I gotta do this like a million times before I actually learn my lesson." <laughs> yes, <That's> so true. <laughs> Being human so much fun. Um, Okay, perfect. So now I'd love to like kind of dive into the houses. And for those who are brand new to astrology, or if you've got more experience with astrology, whatever, looking at your houses, and this is why I suggested pulling up your chart, but looking at your houses is really going to be very helpful for understanding how this is going to affect you personally. And so Stevie is going to walk us through a little bit about each of the houses. And of course, then you can jump on Google and and do a big deep dive on even more about what these houses represent and a kind of pair, you know, the energy of Saturn and Pisces like she's been sharing and the house. So a little bit of a mix. Um, so you wanna kick us off here with the yeah. the first house?
1: Sure. Um, just really quick too, if you're on astro.com and you pull up your chart, you wanna click with transits on the top right um, and make sure you see the, I think they're red planets on the outside wheel. So the planets on the outside are the transiting planets of where they are in the sky. And then you can tell what house they're in based on the number. Um, so make sure you hit that button. <laughs> Um yes so the first thing if you have Saturn in the first house especially when it hits your ascendant your AC there is a massive Saturn voice coming coming in real strong and he's saying like you need to take a responsibility for yourself so that could mean your body like what are you doing you know for your actual physical appearance Saturn the first house holds the self our physical appearance um It could definitely be he comes in and says, hey, like, I have a new idea, create a new structure, like pioneer something new. So you could feel like really excited to ground a creative idea and like make it happen, start the thing. Um, So it's definitely a time where it's take personal action for yourself. So that mean that might mean more boundaries for yourself, maybe becoming a little bit more self-aware or choosing yourself. If you've been a serious people pleaser or doing things for others for way too long, it's time for you. That's the first house. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. We
0: can just keep moving my dear whenever.
1: So the second house is when you will feel a strong pull for your financial world. Um, anything that is your resources, anything that is physical in your life, So Saturn comes in and says, hey, start saving your money. Uh, Maybe you find a financial planner, you know, if you have excess money, or maybe you just start to get more serious about like where you're putting your money. Um, it also can flavor and ask you like, hey, where have you not been valuing yourself? So that's something like a self-worth kind of energy, um, kind of getting more serious about that and like where you haven't been putting value into yourself it could also bring like you reevaluating what you value like what's important to me physically Hmm. in this life um and it could also just bring this energy of like again more structurizing maybe some of the things if when Saturn was in your first house for those last couple of years if he moves into your second you can take some of those startings and like really ground your ideas so it could be business related um but it's it's again it's very personal. Like, what do you want to create safety and security for yourself? Nice. So, so yeah, sometimes that can be like an oh crap moment, like <gasps> I haven't been doing anything. My finances <laughs> he's like, <laughs> get to work, you know. But it's 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 a good thing. It's gonna help you like save for the for the future. Important for
0: right now, for sure. My yes. my it's my partner is his Saturn's waving into his second. Okay. Um, and he used to be a financial planner and and he works with within that industry. So I think he's just going to kind of be having some fun this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um,
1: perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So Saturn in your third house, um, he comes in and asks you to take responsibility around your perspective, first of all. So maybe you're going to be learning over the next couple of years, two and a half to three years, like something new a different way of looking at it. He kind of opens up your curiosity in that place. Um, He could bring structure to something you want to express, like a communication, maybe writing a book or, you know, taking a class. He... um, It is also the house of siblings. So I often find when I have transits through my third house that my sibling stuff comes right up there to the surface. So Mm. it might mean that, like... You have to take more responsibility with your sibling, like maybe caring for them more or less, maybe a boundary. Saturn can mean both like, Hey, it's time to take responsibility or it's time to create Oh, some sort of boundary for yourself. Cause it's, you've done too much. Both are true with Saturn. Um, so yeah, it's definitely around writing, learning, reading, um, curiosity and and siblings that your lessons will come in there. Yeah. Cool. Um, And if he's at the very bottom of your chart on your IC and moving into your fourth house, anytime he hits an angle, it's really strong. His energy is very, very, very strong in your life. So the AC is self and the IC is home and family. And that's the start of the fourth house. So when Saturn comes into the fourth, you can feel heavy emotionally. Sometimes people will get, you know, like there's an anchor and like this heavy weight around their emotional body It can make you feel more introverted. Um, It can also just be something as simple as like you building a new, a new like addition on your house maybe, or cleaning up your house or simplifying your house. Um, This is your home life, your family, and your emotions. So, and when I say all these things, like you'll probably experience him him in all of those places. (laughs) So if he's in your fourth house, you will probably have, to either deal with your emotional body like things you've been hiding away um you might have to take care of like a loved one maybe more responsibility around caretaking of a family member or a boundary with a family member like maybe it's time to like give yourself some space between you and them Mm -hmm. um or, you know, I find that the fourth house is like the ancestral root. So sometimes we can do some ancestral work when Saturn moves to the fourth as well. But it's definitely time to give yourself space to feel and heal. <laughs> and it might it might feel heavy at first, but like as you move through the transit itself, you will probably transmute and alchemize a lot of things that have been like hanging out in your emotional body for a long time. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Saturn, when it was in Aquarius, uh, was hitting my seventh And I just wanted to share this because you kind of hit on this before, but, um, and the seventh house, which I know you'll talk about a little bit, but it's really, you know, about relationships and, and, and often has to do, you know, quite a bit with romantic relationships, but also close relationships and man, did it stir things up like so hardcore within that process, but then really by the end, it was just like. (sighs) <sighs> like, it brought so much together and really, you know, kind of crossed T's and dotted I's and just almost wrapped it up with a bow. And I just wanted to share that with folks. Um, again, just kind of reiterating on what you said earlier about how Saturn kind of leaves this gift at the end and like benefits you. So in the midst of going through these transitions, like, you know, this is just something I've really become aware of over the past several years. But but seeing that 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 final that final gift, I guess, in the end, <laughs> it's not going to be rough forever. Promise. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly,
1: exactly. Um, and so then, if he goes into your, if he's in your fifth house, um, this is the house of children and your creativity, your self-expression, your individuality um and your romantic life so not necessarily marriage and partnership but certainly like who you give love to and what you create it's why it's children right because we birth children so it's the house of children um so this could mean you have more responsibility around your kids you know like maybe that feels a little bit heavy um I find that when Saturn moves through the fifth house that my fun meter is a little lower because it's Hmm. like the house of fun and leisure too so um it can just be like, okay, Hey, get, get more serious. Like maybe having fun is a little bit lower on your to-do list, which is fine. There's a season for that. You know, um, he could definitely structureize a creative idea and kind of push you to express yourself in some creative way. Like, Hey, share your truth, share your individuality, create something. Um, and so that's, it's, it has a lot to do with like what you're birthing and giving structure to, to that thing. And in your love life, it can feel a little bit heavy. Like maybe, maybe you're not like finding the right people when you're dating or maybe the romantic relationship that you're in kind of gets a little bit more heavy feeling. Um, and usually there's a reason for that. So just, you know, take some time to like tune in to like what that means for you.
0: Would the Pisces kind of maybe make things a little bit blurry And like a romantic life, like if you're dating, like maybe a little bit harder to understand who you're dating or, you know, like what's really going on between the two of you.
1: Yeah. And I think anywhere that your Pisces is and your where Saturn is, things are going to be maybe a little confusing at first. That's where you really want to tune into like your your thoughts and your emotions and kind of start questioning them. Like, wait, is this a program running? (laughs) Like, what is, is this reality? Or is this the reality I want to be living in? Cause you're right. He, it Pisces can be very, very confusing and foggy. Okay. Yeah. But I'm imagining that Saturn is going to help clear that out, you know, but at Good first, time. especially this year, especially it will, it will be a process. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, when he moves into the sixth house, um, this is the house of your health and your routines and your work life and how you serve. Um, and so I find when Saturn moves to the six, at least for me, it's been like, wait, what routines do you need to get really healthy? You know, he'll help you get, do those things to nourish yourself. Or maybe he just says like, Hey, you haven't been in the dentist in a couple of years. What are you doing? <laughs> like make that appointment. <laughs> um, it also can be a couple of year window where work is busy. Like you're taking more responsibility at work or you're taking, maybe your routines feel a little bit busier. So you want to give yourself space, like with the sixth house, I always say like, p- prioritize and plan fun. I know it sounds weird, but it's like carve a window where you can not be so hard on yourself and not working. Um, the other thing with the sixth house and Saturn is it's a good time to, to heal your perfectionist tendencies or your criticisms. And those might come right up to the surface. So be mindful of that. And um, that's an invitation, which is, you know, a lot of us struggle with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, for me, like Saturn in my sixth was was sort of um it really I feel like worked on those tendencies big time. Like in yeah. regards to my my tendency to overwork. Um, it was just like put the brakes on. You know, it really yeah. shifted how I show up every day, how often I show up, the way in which I show up, like it really put the brakes on my overworking tendency, which was you know which is helpful i mean like that was the best thing for my health i going at the rate i was going leading up to that was not <laughs> sustainable yes. you know yes. yeah like, um balance there
1: yeah yeah
0: huge yeah
1: and that make that makes sense too because i find that when saturn does go into your six if if you especially if you've been overworking it's gonna show you at a health level like how this is not sustainable and how you need to start taking care of your health and make it a priority yeah Gets you sure. back in balance. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it, if he hits your DC, which is your descendant, and then he moves into your seventh house again, when he hits an angle, he's very very strong. It's like when he hits up one of your personal planets—sun, moon, mercury, Venus, Mars—like those, you you will feel him internally. It's a very personal thing. But when he hits an angle, it's the same thing. But with the descendant and the seventh house it's having to do with like relationships and, you know, could be business partnerships, anybody that's your mirror, like the mirror that you choose to be around, that's the seventh house. Um, and also like how you're perceived as well. So in the seventh, I find that one of the first things he does is re if you're in relationship, he will renegotiate responsibility. So like, what's your responsibility? What's my responsibility? Does there need to be a re- re- rebalancing here? Um, you could take on more of your partner's responsibilities. Like you could become busier to like support your partner and your business. That could happen. Um, definitely. He's going to show you like where you need to set boundaries with relationships. Like what's yours and what's theirs. Is that your karma? Is that your responsibility to take care of that and harmonize that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he will definitely create some sort of. um energy around where you need to take responsibility for yourself and and other that's the seventh house so that could be like starting a new foundation with a person for sure or it could be letting go of a person if it's not if if it's not working um or just like what is yours and what is theirs yeah he really got on top of me for um
0: putting my nose too much in my partner's business that was that makes sense
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, girl, you focus on your own life. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I find that one hard, but it's it's a good rebalancing of boundary for sure yeah. around relation. And it, he will help you if you are a people pleaser, which a lot of us are. He will he'll bring those things to the surface. And it won't feel good. But then it's like, okay, I need to speak up for myself or create a boundary here. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So in the eighth house... Um, This can definitely feel like a heavier period for some people, especially if you haven't been diving into where you were traumatized growing up or ever, you know, um, Saturn in the eighth, I like to think about him, like walking down the stairs into the caves, like, Hey, what's down here? And what have you tucked away? And what parts of you have you kind of like shot off and you got to face those parts, um, it's it's definitely he's going to ask you to transform so by the time he's in and out of that eighth house you will have transformed in some way shape or form for your benefit um it it also is a house of like joint joint money taxes so there could be inheritance there could be stuff that comes to the surface there with with those kinds of resources other people's resources but essentially it's it's like a call to transform um and I find the eighth house really cool in a lot of ways because it's it's a place where you can turn up your intuition and kind of figure out like new ways of structurizing it or new ways of turning it up. Um,
0: turning your intuition you're, you're asked,
1: up? What's that?
0: Turning your intuition up?
1: Yeah. Like you're definitely asked to go into the shadows and really honor them and places where you've been harmed and hurt. And it also could mean that like if you are a, a healer, or some sort of someone in service like that you are called to start a new structure with helping others heal too. So um, it could be just a couple of years of more into it, learning a different way to connect with your intuition too. that I feel like I did that.
0: (laughs) Can I go back to the fifth house? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not the fifth house, but like, I need a fun house. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you and I talked a little bit about our our midlife uh, transits, and yeah, I just feel like, yo, I got through my Pluto square Pluto, and like so much of that, and and it's, I mean, even as you talking about it, I really like the last, even just the last few months that's been coming up so much. I mean, like the depth of things that like I hadn't even thought about. But I hadn't even gone to these places like it's been a very really since the beginning of the year, especially been a very emotional time, you know, with with stuff coming up, family, old traumas, things like that. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, I whenever the eighth house comes up, of course, death comes up. So I'd be curious about your your uh, your opinions on Saturn moving into the eighth house.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could definitely be a time where you do experience death, like from externally, but most of the time it's internal, um, reconciliation. And it's, it's also just like a very strong drive to like have actual intimate experiences with others, you know, and like go deep and you might be really into researching for those couple of years, right? (laughs) Like you might get obsessed with something. You might, um, find a new level, level of your spiritual practice. Like that's that's also the eighth house isn't always the scare it can it can feel scary like it's not my favorite you know um but it also holds a lot of keys to like fast healing like up leveling especially if you're not if you're like not afraid to go into those places and like honor them and just acknowledge them you know
0: yeah i appreciate i I appreciate the the this positive perspective thank you (laughs) Like people need me to be any more serious. I'm already allergic to small talk, you know? (laughs) It's not like, hi, how are you? What do you do? I'm like, so what's your biggest fear? Like I I need to be any more. It's all good. (laughs) My my Mercury and Scorpio just just doesn't do that. Like, yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I will let everybody know to just Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Beautiful. So ninth house. So
1: ninth house, um, I find that you can, um, this is also a call to learn something new, but the ninth house holds a higher perspective. So usually it's related to your spiritual beliefs, um, your beliefs in general. Like, what do you believe about why you're here? What does it mean? You know, it's almost like your seeker self is ignited um, and there's some sort of thing to do. So you could get serious about traveling maybe, because maybe you want to learn, you want to have experiences that give you more new experiences and beliefs about like, what are you doing here on this planet? Um, it could ignite the teacher in you or the philosopher in you. It could definitely um, structureize. Maybe you want to start a podcast or you want to start telling stories or <clears throat> you want to start facilitating and holding space for others in like a guide kind of way. It could do all of those things, but it's definitely a call to um, seek like seek from a spiritual place, from a higher perspective place. And it could also mean that, hey, it's time to like get off your high horse. Right. And like, and realize that things aren't so black and white. Like there's a lot of gray area in here and having experiences that let you do that. um, It could mean that as well.
0: Love it. Love the ninth
1: house. I know, especially after the eighth house. That's what you have to look forward to later. (laughs) I (laughs) I know. <laughs> I keep looking. I'm like, yeah, okay, so we're going. It. Yeah, Swear I'm going. <laughs> and it's cool too, because like Saturn in the eighth is in the caves, right? And then he goes into the ninth and he's like flying super high, like really high perspectives. And it's such a wild difference, one to the other. Um, so when he hits your mid heaven, your MC, he will then start on into your 10th house. Um, and the 10th house is who you are in the public eye your goals for yourself, your career and what you're working towards, even your reputation. Um, So this is where you have a lot of earth energy to build Um, because it's in Pisces. It's, it's still like, maybe you're building a spiritual practice. Maybe you're doing something really creative. Maybe you're doing something with animals or compassion healing. Um, But the 10th house is all about like, what are you going to do to lay the foundation for your goals? And like piece by piece up the mountain. Um, and it's a it's a good time to to focus on work and your career, or even just like what your goals are. It doesn't have to be work-related, but like maybe you have a goal to do something for yourself. What is that? And like you get this call and this seriousness about you to build it, do it, you know. Saturn likes being in the 10th house.
0: Yeah, I like the 10th house too. I'm a big fan of the yeah. 10th house.
1: Me too. <laughs> Um, so in the 11th house, this is where he was in Aquarius for me actually. He will definitely ask you to evaluate your friend group like, who are you spending time with? Like, is there friends that you've had around forever that you don't really resonate with anymore and you've kind of grown out of, or are you people pleasing with your friends? Um, and so you may, I mean, almost everyone that has this transit like does break up with a friend or two, or they just fall away, doesn't have to be dramatic. Um, and they, the call is to find your soul tribe, to find people that you actually resonate with this phase of your life. Um, he can also ask you to not only join a new community, but like really get clear about how you're taking responsibility for the collective and what you're doing for humanity. So you might you might be like, oh, I wanna volunteer. I wanna sign up for a new cause or I wanna change my whole future and like start working towards helping the group. Um, it, it also could be bringing structure to an innovative idea because the 11th house often holds like a lot of innovation towards the future. Yeah, so you should sure. get interested in like innovative science or spirituality or astrology, even um, things along those lines. Hmm. And then the last house, the 12th house, this is where he is for me. <laughs> um, this is the last house, right? The 12th house is the end. And so when Saturn comes there, it's interesting. I feel like I've been doing a lot of like astral traveling and doing a lot of work in my dreams, which is very Saturn in the 12th house. Um, But this is similar to the eighth where he's going to ask you to look at what's been hidden. And a a lot of times when Saturn's in your 12th house, you will seek counsel, like maybe a spiritual healer, maybe um, just a, a therapist or something to like get some of that stuff that's been like really hanging out down there, out in the closet, out, you know? Um, It's also where you can structurize a spiritual idea where your intuition can kind of come online more in in more structurized ways. Um, But the thing that I think the most about this 12th house, which is similar to just Pisces, Saturn, is that he's gonna really ask you to take a look at your subconscious beliefs Mm. and where you've been numbing out, where you've been delusional that's why I'm so excited about this energy is because like, we are all delusional in so many ways, right? Like, and Saturn will bring that to the surface and ask us to get really clear. And it might be hard at first, especially with the 12th house, you could definitely experience a death in the 12th house. um Internally too, because what you're doing is you're going into your subconscious mind and doing a lot of work, even if you don't realize that you might even be doing it in your sleep. So, And this is the house that holds our past lifetimes and every experience that we've ever had as a soul. So sometimes when Saturn moves into the 12th, you can get a lot of anxiety because new fears surface and you're like, what the heck is this? I've never been afraid of this before, Mm. Um, but it could have been like a a serious trauma from a past lifetime or maybe an ancestral trauma that you're working through. So don't try to understand why all the time with the 12th house, because you might not be able to. You know, just like really try to um, spend a lot of time in solitude. Eighth house too, fourth house too. like you want to you do want to give yourself a lot of space to feel, (laughs) feel it and then ask for help. You know, it's it's interesting with the 12th house, because if you do have Saturn in your natal chart in the 12th, it's hard to ask for help. It's like one of your biggest things you're working through. So when he transits through the 12th, even if you don't have that, he will show you like, hey, you need help. It's hard but you got to like ask for help for the healing. But I find that when Saturn is in the water houses, the 4th, 8th and 12th, there's a lot of healing that happens. Just have to get through it. <laughs> through it. Yeah. Yeah, my partner has
0: Saturn in his uh 12th house natally.
1: Yeah, and that's very true.
0: That? Yeah. I can I have to, to like knock birdie. on the door. I'm like, "Yo. <laughs> I'm do you need some help?" <laughs> I can see that you do. <laughs> because all of this isn't working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, beautiful, beautiful. All right. So let's transition into Pluto. Pluto for the collective. So this is a massive, I mean, Saturn's three years, right? I think it's in Pisces until 2025, right? Yeah. Yep. So, and then Pluto goes in for three months this year. And then pops back into Capricorn. But then like next year, like we're on, we're like writing. Yeah. So, and then that's 20 years. So this is such a massive, massive, massive transit. Um, and for those who have not experienced the Pluto square Pluto, you just <laughs> don't have respect for Pluto <laughs> until then. But I, I, I really am very thankful for the transformative I mean, I wouldn't be doing this work if it weren't for that transit. So, yeah. um, anyway, yes, share with us about Pluto and Aquarius. I, we've all been hearing so much AI technology, you know, the the typical stuff. But I'd I'd love to hear hear this from your your perspective.
1: Yeah. So, um, it's funny we're talking about Saturn and Pluto. The, the two planets get the worst rap, right? <laughs>
0: you love Saturn I I don't know that I love Pluto but I'm deeply appreciative
1: yes me too for Pluto Uh, yeah um I think it's important to say that 2023 is like the old and the new like one foot in one foot out because with Pluto going back and forth and just the energy of transition this whole year like the systems and structures of Pluto and Capricorn aren't quite they haven't fallen yet right like not in the ways I want them to anyway definitely not Um, (laughs) Maybe I'm dramatic, but I'm like, oh, yes. So we will see more of the Capricorn structures and authorities and government and those things that have held us our entire lives start to crumble more, hopefully. That's really Pluto's and Capricorn's job was to completely transform that. And even I think Pluto and Capricorn was like telling us, hey, turn it inward and you're your own inner authority stop looking externally for someone to tell you what to do and i think we've all been learning that um but this year he pops back and forth so there's like a little taste of aquarius pluto but then he he still has work to do in in capricorn so i think that's like really important that we're not like Mm. delusional about that you know um but march is huge because saturn moves into pisces and pluto moves into aquarius i think on the 23rd so this is definitely a massive shift. When Pluto changes signs, it means we have a new generation forming. So new souls come in with different energy. Pluto is definitely a soul planet. He holds a lot of our trauma <laughs> from past lifetimes in this lifetime. He also tells you so much about like where you lose power and take power. Both are very true. Um, but Pluto in Aquarius is really interesting because I think he's going to bring up a lot of shadow around not only like where we've lost our individual voice, which I think we've seen a lot of that the last couple of years, is like, well, what's best for the group? Well, then you lose your freedom of your individual voice, and we need to find the the middle of Leo and Aquarius. Um, but also, you know like where do we need to take our power back as a people, as a group, from said authority? So I think that's going to be a huge theme, is like bringing the power back to the people, which is really exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. But same as Saturn, when Pluto moves into a new sign, we see a shadow. We have to, we cannot, as humans, we can't move forward without that shadow being coming to light. And even when he moved into Capricorn in 2008, that was the recession. That was like, hello, not sustainable, you know? So that will happen and that can feel scary. Um, but I also think that with all the planets, there, there is, there's a mission they have work to do, you know? So I personally think we're going to have the shadow side. Like you were saying, like a lot of things being unveiled about where people have not, where people have been controlled at a group level, maybe like where we've gotten false hope, or again, I think it's still kind of related to systems and structures that have we've been un, in control by. So they, you will definitely see new technology. I think that um there is a big scare for AI um but I also feel like when it comes to like where spirituality and science merge is what I'm super excited for like where the science and the spirituality catch up to each other they're already there it's just not mainstream you know (laughs) but we'll be talking a lot more about you know, woo-woo topics and innovative topics and our, our energetic bodies and energy frequency healing. And so much of that stuff is going to come to the surface where we can heal ourselves with these kind of innovative technologies. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, Pluto's definitely going to bring up some, look at, look at where you have to take your power back as a group. So that could definitely mean a lot of people living more communally, you know, like, okay, well, we need to, power numbers are going back to living towards in community like we used to so it, it can look a lot of different ways though that's for sure
0: so i appreciate you kind of you know reorienting the the picture um in regards to like we still have pluto and capricorn stuff to go through right because right? it's just so true i mean like we still have like i think may to december um, pretty much, you know, we're we're in Capricorn. Does it go into Aquarius in January? I believe so. I, mean, I was pretty sure it was like right at the beginning of the year, but um, yeah. So we will still have like you know six months of Pluto and Capricorn, which, like you, I'm I'm really hoping to see some some things fall, you know. But I'm also seeing like just yesterday I was reading on Twitter that. Microsoft, their AI division, just like let go of everyone who was like over ethics and um, the uh, the folks who work with them to like make sure that the AI like stays, you know, like has morals and and these sorts of things, Interesting. and
1: like like more in integrity,
0: yeah and i was like wow this is <laughs> this is interesting cuz here comes pluto and you know but it'll be interesting to see maybe what happens on the other side of that when it kind of goes back into capricorn if they're yeah. like wait a minute we we need our ethics people when we start working with ai yeah um but i again i just appreciate that reorienting um because while we do want to look ahead, I think it is important to remember there is there is still a good amount to go. So the way that I've been seeing it is, like, you know, these three months are going to be, like, a a peak into what we're going to be really stepping into. Um, and, again, it's interesting. You mentioned, like, 2008 because, of course, the banks, you know, we just had two banks fail. Yep, yep. And, and the, in Pluto um, in
1: the last degree of Capricorn, like, ha! Ah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how all of that unfolds. Um, so I had a question and I lost it, so we'll come back to it when it reappears. Um, I'd love to jump into the houses for, for Pluto and just kind of go over these, uh, for folks, you know, I think that's, at least for me, one of one of the things I love about astrology is again, it's it's really to give me kind of a head start, whether I am looking at a weekly forecast or maybe something that is coming even next year, just being like, Okay, this is might be where I'm at, this might be what I'm working towards or what I'm going through, and just kind of getting myself prepared. So even though we're not fully diving into Pluto and Aquarius this year, we'll definitely get A big hint of what we're stepping into. And I think, you know, what Steve is going to share with us as well will just um, help us to really kind of think into that a little bit, you know, step into that a little bit more, um, get ourselves prepared. So, yeah. um, You want to kick things
1: off with the first house? Yeah. So, it's a biggie. (laughs) It's a biggie. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And if Pluto's on your ascendant, that's a massive transformation. Anywhere Pluto is in your chart. The houses just tell you where it shows up. So Pluto is going to show you where you've lost power. And also, it could definitely be where you've taken power away from somebody else um, and where you need to to further transform and further move into your soul's work. So, um, you know, Pluto is like the phoenix that rises from the ashes. You have to like burn it down to be reborn and he isn't afraid of it. And that's why he can be scary. It's, you know, why he gets that rap in astrology. (laughs) But when he's in your first house, it's all about you, yourself, um, your body, your physical appearance. Um, he could definitely tell you to, you know, it's like a a huge peeling of, of the layers of the onion of the self. So questions around like, who am I, what am I doing here? You know, like, what is my mission here on earth? Um, he could definitely show you things about relationships or how you've been relating to people in the first house because it's about the self. So that's a full on trans transformation. Um, and he takes, you know, 15 to 20 years to go through a sign. So this is a long period, long, long, long period. And depending on what house system you use, he might, he might be at the end of a house. He might be at the beginning. Like it just depends on that too. But he yeah, spends- very long time <laughs> in yeah. each sign
0: yeah it's it's uh it's pluto's moving into my partner's first house i was like you're gonna be a totally different person yeah but you know i mean he he would be anyway but still I'm yep. like here we go
1: yeah <laughs> and pluto's a very slow burn you know yeah no joke. So you don't always <laughs> if he's hitting your sun moon mercury like one of your personal planets or an angle it's not as slow. It's much more of like, hi, this two years are going to be really intense for you. So if you have any Capricorn placements, you've been going through that. You have had some sort of Plutonian activation. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like when he hit my South node, As that's when I became an astrologer. That was 10, 10 years ago. It was like, now you need to do it now. And I was like, okay, I hear you. So it's not always like, shadow, shadow. Sometimes it's just a deep soul activation or remembering. Um, So in the second house, he's going to definitely ask you about your, your worth. Like, how are you, are you worthy? Do you need to work on that? What do you value? Maybe you completely change your value system. Like maybe you lose your money or you gain your money because that has something to do with your soul's work and you, you going to school here on earth, you know? But he's going to ask you to get really real about what makes you feel safe and secure and what you value and how you value yourself. Um, so deep transformation around that, for sure. Okay. Um, in the th- Yeah, in the third house, he's very serious, you know? <laughs> Saturn's very serious, but Pluto is just like different serious, right? He's like just more intense. <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> Both Saturn and Pluto are in
0: my third house in my natal chart.
1: Yeah? Yeah.
0: At least with whole
1: signs. So Yeah. That's really interesting. I like that. Um, a lot of lessons around learning and <laughs> speaking and communicating, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're doing it. <laughs> um, so the third house, Pluto comes in, and he's going to maybe perhaps – show up in your your siblings relationships or your neighbors that's too um but he's gonna ask you to take on a new perspective and become the student again so like the transformation will be around your curiosity um or perhaps like how you communicate and think he will completely overhaul it and if you have him in your third house all the time he's always doing that (laughs) open 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 um (laughs) so um, and he, whatever Pluto is too, like when he's in the third house, he, he could bring conversations that makes you feel powerless or bring up conversations that had make you feel powerless. Um, and so you have to take your power back whenever he's transiting. That's his invitation. Like, no, no, you can take it back, but you got to face how you've been hurt and traumatized essentially. Yeah. When he hits the IC, the bottom of your chart, your root, and into the fourth house, that's usually a hard period of time. The water houses are no joke. They're where we've trap a lot of our emotions in the fourth house. It's all about like ancestral secrets, skeletons where, where you were, you're going to be revisiting childhood trauma or like family lineage trauma. Like it's, that's not a thing to take lightly, obviously. Um, you could definitely move houses. You could transform the way you relate to your family members for sure but that's like a rebirth around your emotional body Hmm. and you can kind of take a higher perspective if you think about I always do this anyway like I'm taking on it for the line for the ancestral line like Hmm. I'm gonna break break these patterns um and then in the fifth house he's gonna get ask you to get really serious about your self-expression your creativity. Maybe he comes in and you're like, I need to have kids like right now. <laughs> um, but he, it's like an overhaul of your individual voice when he's in the fifth house. Um, and it could also be an overhaul of your love life. Maybe like the ways you've been relating to other people or how you, I've, i always think of Pluto in the fifth as like, he comes in and he shows you like where you've been guarded in your heart. And he asks you to like, go in there and with any invitation, we don't have to do it. We have free will, you know, but then it only becomes harder with Saturn and Pluto. We get They get louder. So opening your heart in a new way, rebirthing your heart, rebirthing your self-expression, creating something new. Like you can also think of Pluto though as like a power up, like in Nintendo, you know, like in Mario, like boop. And you can use it that way. <laughs> um, and then in the sixth house, it's about you getting, you know, maybe you get sick Not always, but like, maybe you get sick to show you something that you need to heal about yourself. Maybe it activates the healer in you. Um, It, you could definitely have things show up around perfectionism and criticisms of yourself um, and where you should yourself to death. That can definitely happen. And like a rebirth of that place, you could be busier at work. Um, You could get like a authoritarian role at work, even and like just take on more responsibility um or you could be activated around like how you want to serve the world like maybe it's like your soul's calling you and you want to change your your job to be more in alignment with the soul self because pluto's very tied to that um yeah
0: pluto's been in my sixth that's my capricorn house i feel like all of those things have happened yeah got an autoimmune disease like i mean just you know i stepped into this work um definitely as a healer as well just yeah all of those all of those things
1: yeah yeah it's multi-layered especially because he goes so slow he's like okay and then this and then
0: yeah (laughs) rebalancing though of course yeah
1: yeah totally like a realignment that's very true um and then he hits your descendant and into your seventh house and so this is where you will definitely be shown where you've lost power or taken too much power in relationships. Um, sometimes that means a breakup. Not definitely, not always like, that's not, you know, just because an outer planet comes to your seventh house, does not mean you're going to get divorced or break up with your partner. <laughs> a lot of astrologers would say that it's not true. It's like, you have to recalibrate the mirror of that you're looking at. Um, and so I have Pluto in my seventh always. And mm-hmm. I've, I've found that I've been in relationships where I've taken way too much power. And then where I've also lost all my power. So you will, you will have to face that. And I find too, with the seventh house, this is sometimes where your family dynamic of the, your parents comes up. Like if you had hardship growing up, or maybe you need to like repattern how you show up in relationship, like maybe it's just not working anymore. And you need to like rebirth that part of you too. So it's all about relating in the seventh house and transformation. It could be a really beautiful thing too, right? Like you could just transform your current relationship in such a beautiful way.
0: Yeah. So the parents can show up there too, not just.
1: I find that for sure.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Or like, especially like our, our programmed patterning around like what we saw modeled to us as in form of relationship. Yeah. How we then take that and do it again. Like we all do. <laughs> so it could that bring us sense. Yeah. Um.
0: Stevie, are you okay on time? I know we're like running. Okay. Just just want to check.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the eighth house, he can definitely, it's similar to Saturn. When he goes into your caves and he asks you to deal with your, the things, the places you've been hurt or traumatized, it can feel very heavy. Um, If you have like a, a Saturn or a Pluto moving houses, depending on the house system, again, like you will feel, you will feel it. It's like, hi, I have, you got, I'm here. <laughs> Knocking on your door, you have stuff to do. Um, so in the eighth house, it could, you could, this is a, similar to the first, but a little darker, um, where you're gonna experience, <laughs> sorry. Bless you. Um, you're gonna experience like a full-on transformation. That is the eighth house. Um, mm. You could definitely be dealing with, again, joint finances, inheritance taxes, like things that are like, karmic you know like things Mm -hmm. that are going to go on that it's like okay um not in a bad way either it's just bad or good um and the eighth house is definitely you could completely turn on your intuition you could just like maybe you didn't feel like you were intuitive before and all of a sudden there's power there Mm
0: -hmm. and you're going
1: to figure out like oh my soul's here what am I going to do about it you know so that can also go on with an eighth house but it can feel really emotional so you want to give yourself space like fourth, eighth, and twelfth to feel. Feel and heal. <laughs> Big time.
0: Yo, I'm gonna be in my sixties when it is my eighth <laughs> No. <That's good. laughs>
1: oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, in your ninth house, it's it's definitely I find that when Pluto goes into the ninth, a lot of people are like, what am I doing here? like it's an awakening. It's like a total, um, maybe showing you where you had a belief system that was not actually in alignment with what you actually truly believe at a soul level. It's a total soul activation. Mm -hmm. You could definitely spend time traveling, having new experiences that kind of wake you up to a whole different perspective. You could find a teacher that's like really soulful and help helpful. You could take your power back around like you know, storytelling and expressing your truth as like a healer too. Um, But that's like transformation around your perspective and your beliefs completely. And maybe you're faced with something with the ninth house that makes you realize you don't have trust in your beliefs and that you need to find it. Mm. And then he hits the top of your chart and goes into the 10th. And that's really where he's going to ask you to get serious about the work that you do in the world. What goals do you have? Um, you will, you will face, um, authorities that don't feel good (laughs) or they kind of take your power and manipulate you. And you will also face where you have to become your own inner authority in the 10th house, like with, with the work that you're doing in the world. Um, that's where he was for me in Capricorn. It was very much like, what do you want to build? What do you want to do? Like, take your power back, become your authority. Like you got this, you know, power up. (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. but you could definitely see where think where you've been, you could have, um, confrontation with authority figures for sure. Or like death of structures that don't work for you either.
0: Yeah. That would make sense for sure.
1: Yeah. And then in the 11th, he comes in and he asks you to, um, like put your soul self into the mission of humanity. Like, what are you doing for the future? What are you doing for the collective? Do you have the right kind of deep connection with with your community and your friends? Or, you know, are you in the right place? Um, And it's definitely a time where you could meet a lot of really cool soul-lined people when he's in the 11th house. Um, You could also have things happen to you that kind of make you pivot on what you thought your future would be like. Like, huh, you thought it was gonna be that? Nope, you're going over here. And Hmm. eventually, you know, it's like a a realignment essentially that's an innovation yes yeah you could have really interesting innovative ideas when he's in your 11th house about things to work towards Um, all kinds of like how do you bring your soul in to help the group you know how to and and feel like you belong to you might you might have things come up where you're like I'm an alien on my own planet.
0: <laughs> I need to find people
1: that want to come hang out on my Island, you know, like that kind of thing can happen too. And then in the 12th house, there is definitely, um, I find that that's, a, that's again, like a lot of endings that could definitely signify like a death, a death of self. It's almost like you have to go back to source and you had to like, it's like an ego death in the 12th house with Pluto. Like, go back, go, go down, you know, like, remember that you're in the oneness and you almost like lose your sense of identity until he comes back to the first house. Yeah. So that's something to consider too, with the 12th house is like, you have a, you're, you're also being asked to connect with your soul, connect with your past lives. Like a lot of people have a lot of deep rememberings when Pluto goes through the 12th house, a lot of dreams, new ideas, you know, but that can also be a really, really emotional place. And you might not always know why you're feeling what you're feeling. Yeah. So. yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: Well, for everyone, first, fourth, eighth, and twelfth, <laughs> right? Yeah. <gasps> Buckle in for the <laughs> both Saturn and Pluto. It feels like, especially for those houses, a lot of feeling, quiet time, alone time, introspection um is going to be really helpful for these transits okay wonderful um so stevie first of all thank you so much for going through you know the houses and everything with us and and for everyone who kind of buckled in here um really quick before we kind of dive into how folks can stay in touch with you and and learn more about you and what you do um is there any sort of like advice that you have, like best advice, you know, things that that people can really kind of work with um, through these times, you know, to really kind of anchor them down? Because I feel like, I mean, our, our planet is going through so many shifts and changes right now. And depending upon where this is at in our chart, obviously, they'll be a little bit different for us, but still there's those overriding themes. So I'd love to just get your get your opinions on this real quick.
1: Yeah, I think um because of how I don't want to say tumultuous, but it's kind of how it's gonna kind of be ramping up and um I think that doing things to connect with your physical body is really important. And I'm a Taurus, so I always say that. But I just think it's <laughs> like when we're on this wild ride, it's like come back to come back to your body. And so yeah. getting out in nature, grounding, eating nourishing foods, drinking water, like and on uh, the other side of that is just really, really paying attention to your thoughts and like what actually is reality, I think will be really helpful. So grounding and then questioning your actual mind. Like, is this a true story? <laughs> <laughs> is this like something I need to spend my energy and time on? Because we're going to have to be really careful about where we're leaking energy. Because you no, might yourself floating off in space like, ooh, and... Like, whoa, whoa, come back to Earth. like, And even for me, I've noticed that already. Like, I'm usually very in my body and I am not right now very much. So a good reminder. <laughs> I think that's also, like, very much like Uranus and Taurus is, like, come back to the physical, you know.
0: How long was, uh, it goes into Gemini, Wed in, like, 2026 20, or 2025?
1: I think so. 20, yeah, it's either 2025 or six. yeah. Yeah. Since 2017. He's been there a while.
0: <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> In my 10th house. Oh. Um, okay. So wonderful. Well, I just thank you so much. Um, and I would love for you to share with us, you know, more about um, some of the programs that you offer, the ways that people can connect with you. Uh, I found you on Instagram. I love following Stevie. One of the things I always have really appreciated about, um, the way that you talk about transits and the information that you share is it's just very digestible and very sort of, you know, grounded. Hello, Taurus. (laughs) But, um, you know, for me, even though I've studied astrology, I can really get like some astrologers get so caught up in the planets and these sorts of things that it, it just kind of glaze over even myself. And so I've really appreciated that about following you. Plus, Stevie is one hell of a decorator. And like, <laughs>
1: <Thank you.
0: laughs> y'all need to check out her Christmas decorations. But, um, but yes, please share with us more about what you do and and your programs. Um, so folks can get in touch with you, book sessions with you, whatever
1: you have available. Yeah. Well, thank you for those kind words. That Those fill my heart. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> So I used to give just straight up readings. And then I started to be like, this is, I want to go deeper with people. I want to like know what happens to them after this session. Do they create change? Like, how does this affect them? And so I created this program. It's a four month long program. Um, It's called soul blueprint alchemy program. And it's just one-on-one me and you, and we go into every single aspect of yourself. So like all the multiple personalities that you hold, (laughs) And then what phase of life are you in? What, who's knocking on your door? What does that mean? So that you can literally create more flow. Cause if we really understand the invitations and the who's knocking on where and what we can create so much more flow in our lives um, and stop like hitting so many brick walls as we do. So the program is meant to like really hold people that are at a crossroads or in, in a phase of their life where they just really wanna call in a different version of themselves and really alchemize and transform. And so I get to hold you in that container. And I kind of like to think of it as like this magnifying glass and all these different pieces and parts of you, like, how does your mind work? And how's your emotional body function? And where do you get stuck? So we all have those places and they're different for everybody. And where do you want to be free? And where do you create abundance for yourself? Like all these things are very specific in your blueprint. So I created the program so I can really help people like move from one phase of their life to the next. And it's Insanely rewarding. <laughs> to I love that. that. So it's so great. And then I also have another program, um, which is called my plug-in program, where we meet once a month um, for twelve months, and it doesn't start in January; it starts whenever. And you just get to really understand, like, where are the retrogrades? Where are the full and new moons? What happens during an eclipse for you? Like, even the sun traveling through your chart is going to illuminate a part of your life each month throughout the whole year so what does that mean it's such a huge passion of mine to like help people tune into the cycle of the moon and the sun and Mercury, like all of them like but it's so specific to each person so I created that program where you could really like tune into like every single month what's going on for you and why and how to lean in you know so yeah, it's those are two spaces where you get to work with me. And they're both just like, so like, I get to pinch myself. I swear. <laughs> like, was no, so... I
0: love that. I mean, <laughs> like you with my own with my own sessions. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you work with folks, and you have an incredible session. And then it's like, well, but I want to I, I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear like, I want to stay in touch. But you know, like, So I love that. So just to clarify real quick, the Soul Blueprint Alchemy, the four-month, how often do you meet?
1: We meet almost every week. Okay. Yeah. Okay, perfect. With some integration weeks. And then the plug-in is once a month. Cool. Okay.
0: Awesome. And where can folks find you online?
1: So I'm on Instagram the most, I would say. I'm Farmhouse Moon. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but it's mostly just Instagram's content. (laughs) And then my website's farmhousemoon.com and you can read all the things about, you know, my programs and how to work with me and and all that stuff too. And I also create jewelry so that there's a shop there. Yeah. (laughs) That's my tourist energy It's like,
0: I have to make something. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have
1: beautiful jewelry too. I remember messaging you about that. Oh, thank you. It's a good combo of like going so deep with people and then being in my little studio by myself, you know? creating
0: yeah well i mean i would think that like also to like crystals and then working with people on their energies and um that could be just such a gorgeous yeah yeah okay wonderful well thank you so much for your time stevie i really appreciate it um thank you for being here sharing your wisdom and your energy with us and yeah y- you've definitely given me um some like more excitement about these upcoming transits and definitely appreciate just your overall perspective on them. So thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor to like talk to you about this and nerd out. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right, folks, thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who would also find it beneficial. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify to help grow and expand this podcast. Join my email uh, newsletter for podcast updates, helpful resources, and a bunch of other goodies. Sending so much love. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next time.